This is the voice of the Cleveland Monsters, Tony Brown, and you're listening to Sports on Tap. You're listening to Sports on Tap, presented by RRT Productions. Here are your hosts, Rob Troutman, Josh Jeffy, Ed Dick, and Sean Duffy. And welcome, everyone, to Sports on Tap. Live! Live from Studio J, RRT Productions presents Sports on Tap, our weekly Week 5 recap. Well, this is our weekly recap, recap of, of week, week five. 5. There we go. Northeast Ohio. Halfway through the season, we're still not getting it right off the top. Well, I listen, love it. We're trying a little something different halfway through the season, trying to spice right, it up a little right. bit. Could get a little dull right now. So, um, as usual, uh, for those of you who have continued to listen to us, we are going to recap uh, games from the Southwestern Conference, the Greater Cleveland, Greater Cleveland Concert, the Great Lakes Conference, and he the Suburban. Concert. He did. He said the Greater the, Cleveland Concert. It's all a concert. That's right, football. baby. It's hey, a, it's great a job with your intro. Yeah. Thanks. I'm working on it. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Ed Dick here in just a moment as he recaps uh, the GLC. Um, then a little, a little later on, you're going to get the GCC, Southwestern Recap, Suburban League. We'll go over our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week poll, which uh, we got a quite a good number of votes. It was a tight race. It was a tight race. Uh, we will uh, nominate four players for our Player of the Week poll. That will go up, our RRT Player of the Week poll. Uh, also, recap our Game of the Week, uh, game of the week which featured Amherst at uh, – I'm sorry – Olmstead Falls at Amherst. Mm-hmm. I'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also reveal our game of the week for this coming Friday, week six. And uh, we uh, we kind of did a hot route. We uh, yeah. audible uh, to a new game. So We omaha is what we did. We did. We, we omaha we, we omaha Did you give all of our information at SOT Podcast on gonna, Twitter? I was just going to do that, Rob. We are available at YouTube.com under Sports on Tap. We are available at iTunes, mm-hmm. we have our website, sportsontappodcast.com. We're also available on Twitter, at SOT Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere, you, social media, we are all over. We are covering games. We're at the games. We're live tweeting. Josh is meeting a guy named the Commission Games. Dan um, Coglin. Rob is yeah, tra- from Rob. He's not just a guy. He's Dan Coglin. Yeah, I know. And Rob is desperately trying to become friends with Ken Carmen. It didn't work. He ran, he ran away for a man as big as he is. He ran away from Rob. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Weird. We got to tell this story off air. I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. I'm just kidding. I no, was, that was, was Ed. Ed was talking to Ken oh, Carmen. Yeah. Oh, that was Ed. Speaking of Ed, we go to the RT Productions hotline uh, to the victorious one. Um, Ed Dick and his Brunswick Blue Devils uh, with a big-time big, big time victory over the Strongsville Mustangs. We'll talk about that uh, a little later. But, Ed, some hopping in games in the GLC. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great, guys. Uh, very good. Uh, I will, uh, in addition to whatever small thoughts I have about the Brunswick Strongsville game, we'll, uh, I'll go into my, my interactions with Mr. Carmen as well. Uh, <laughs> that's certainly good to see him on the Brunswick sidelines um, uh, checking out our game. But, uh, we'll get going in the GLC here. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but we're. I mean, we're halfway through the season, and I, I think we're. This will be a theme as the, as the season progresses. Um, next week, the season's gonna be more than halfway over, and a lot of teams are gonna be going home in just under five weeks. Uh, but we won't talk about that yet. 
Let's talk about Rocky River hosting Win uh, Farm in Normandy in week five. Uh, the Pirates dominate the Invaders. They jumped out to a 42 to nothing halftime lead. Whoa. They win 42 to 12. Uh, the Pirates over the Invaders. Um, from what I can re- tell, um, and then what, at least the information that I have, someone that is more than welcome to correct me, uh, whoever's listening, uh, Pirates quarterback Braden Spees threw for three, three touchdowns. He also caught one. Uh, Christian Dean also returned a, t- a punt for a touchdown to lead Rocky River. The Pirates improved to 3-2 overall, 2-2 two two in the conference. They will finish the non-conference play against visiting Talmadge in week six. In week six. Normandy remains a winless. They will be the visiting team against Parma in week six. Bay Village uh, coming into this game with just one loss, uh, both in the conference and overall. They traveled to Fairview. Uh, they were one and three overall, one and two in the conference to take on the Warriors. Bay jumps out to a 28 to nothing lead after three quarters, and the Rockets go on to a 35 to seven victory. Um, again, not a whole lot uh, of information on this game, uh, but I, I implore. I implore the folks out there uh, to, uh, to please uh, feed some information. Um, more than happy to, to share that and make sure that uh, the players that are scoring and making plays are getting proper credit. Uh, the Rockets, they improved to 4-1 to overall. They're 3-1 in the conference. They have a big game next week against Holy Name in Week 6. Fairview drops to 1-4 overall, 1-3 in the conference. They will travel to Buckeye. <clears throat> Holy Name, 3-1 and overall. 2-0 in the conference. They host Parma, 1-3 uh, overall, 0-3 in the conference at North Worldson's Serpentine Field. The Green Wave shut out the Redmen in this inter-Parma matchup, 34-0. Uh, Holy Name improves at 4-1 overall, 3-0 in the conference. They will travel to Bay in Week 6. Parma, 1-4 overall, 0-4 in the conference. They will play in Normandy in Week 6. Going on to some other games here. Um... The non-conference game saw Elyria Catholic coming into this game 2-2. Two and two. They hosted Padua uh, over in Parma. The Bruins and Panthers exchanged leads with every score. If you look at the box score, you'll see Padua, Elyria Catholic, Padua, Elyria Catholic, no joke. Uh, Panthers quarterback Steven Navalinsky um, countered a, uh, a Drew Butler to Daniel Peterson touchdown pass from, from uh, Padua. Navalinsky countered with the first of three touchdown passes. A 50 Jack Griffin also connected. And Griffin again with 21 yards out. Uh, Parma, Padua, Bruins quarterback Drew Butler was just as good, maybe a little bit better. He accounted for all five touchdowns for the Bruins, including the final score. An 18-yard touchdown pass to Johnny Harris in the fourth quarter. Padua goes on to a 31 to 27 victory over the Panthers. Boy, uh, if uh, if Panama was in our conference, uh, they may uh, they may have collected both the coach and the player of the week. Um, Bruin quarterback Drew Butler he finished 20 of 36 passing for 346 yards and four touchdowns through the air. He also ran eight times for 70 yards and a touchdown. Elyria uh, Catholic Stephen Navalinsky not so bad himself. He completed 21 of 35 passing for 291 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Running back Levi Ellis, he rushed 20 times for 126 yards. And also for the Panthers, wide receiver Jack Griffin caught six passes for 138 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, lots, of, lots of scoring, lots of stat stuffing in this, in this contest for both teams. 
Paddler and Pierce 2 and 3 overall. They will take on NDCL in week six. Illyria Catholic, the defending uh, code defending champions of the GLC from 2018. They are 2 and 3 overall. They are 1 and 2 in the GLC. Uh, and they're going to uh, take on Valley Forge in week six. Valley Forge. Came into this game, came into their contest three and one overall, two and one in the conference. They were looking to get back on the left side of the ledger with a home game against GLC newcomer Medina Buckeye. Coming into this game three and one overall, two and zero in the conference. And those two, uh, those two games against two tough opponents. Tell you what they're doing to Buckeyes reminds me of the 1950 NFL season when the Browns first came in. And as soon as uh, their first their first game was against the defending NFL champion, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Browns did some did some damage to the Eagles in that first game, Buckeye is doing the exact same uh, with their induct with the with their first couple games in the GLT. The Bucks did not have the services of running back Armando Nice in this contest. Uh, the Patriots did score first, a 59 yard touchdown pass from Zach Ansborough to running back Mike Pappas. The Bucks countered with two touchdown runs. One by Rob Benaga from one yard out and Zach Weber from eight yards out. Patriots kicker Chris Hine hit the 33-yard field goal to pull Forge when a 14-10 deficit. However, Bucks quarterback Jacob Durge hit Pater from 11 and 15 yards out to give the Bucks a 28-10 lead going into the fourth. The Bucks win 35-23 to over the Patriots. Bucks quarterback Jacob Durge, he rushed 27 times for 185 yards and two touchdowns. He threw just four passes. He played three of them for, uh, for 51 yards through the air. Buckeye ran the ball 51 out of 55 plays. Uh, kind of pulling a play out of uh, Valley Forge's book there. It's full of 326 ground yards, uh, supplemented by ben, uh, sophomore Ben Barnes, carrying 12 times for 80 yards and a touchdown. Valley Forge running back Mike Coppice had a solid game on the ground and through the air, 15 rushes for 123 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 73 yards and two touchdowns. Buckeye remains undefeated in the Great Lakes Conference, going through three very tough teams to get there. They improved a 4-1 overall, 3-0 and in the conference. They are going to host former uh, PAC foe Fairview in Week 6, Valley Forge, just a 3-2 overall, 2-2 two two in the GLC. They will travel to Elyria Catholic next week. My coach of the week in the GLC, uh, a former teammate of mine at Mount Union, Josh Wells, uh, head coach at Rocky River. Uh, big victory uh, over uh, over Normandy there. So congratulations to the Rocky River Pirates and Coach Wells. My player of the week, albeit in a losing effort, does not diminish his, accomplish- does not diminish his accomplishments. Mike Pappas, running back from Valley Forge, he had 196 total yards and three touchdowns. Congratulations to Mike Pappas, running back from Valley Forge, GLC Player of the Week. Wow, that's a great job, Ed. That's, uh, that's a heck of a performance in uh, Rocky River, really lighting it up. Uh, Coach Wells there um, has, has those Pirates playing really well so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the two losses are, are to two of the better teams in the GLC, both to Valley Forge and Holy Name. Um, they've been able to, to take care of business um, against Fairview and Normandy. Uh, they'll finish the non-conference against Talmadge, and then uh, they'll get back in the conference play. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes up. Their last three games, 
are against Bay, Buckeye, and O'Leary Catholic. Oh, wow. Uh, lots, of computer, uh, lots of computer points on the line uh, for those last three games uh, for Rocky River. So that there's certainly a path at the very least to the playoffs. Um, and if they get a little bit of help, they could very well keep themselves in consideration for the GLC uh, overall, for the GLC title as well. Um, so right now, if looking at the standings, uh, two teams are undefeated in conference play. That is Buckeye and Holy Name. They are both 4-1 overall, both 3-0 and in the conference. Bay is followed being 3-1 and in the conference. Their lone loss to the aforementioned Buckeye Bucks. We have three teams at 2-2. Two and two. Valley Forge, Rocky River, and Fairview. Illyria Catholic is just one and two in conference play. They will finish their season with nothing but conference play. Uh, they have already taken care of the non-conference play. And then Palma and Normandy both uh, at the bottom at 0-4. Um, something's going to give when they uh, compete against each other. Uh, so at least one team will get a victory there. And we'll see uh, if Normandy can get off the schneid uh, and, and get their first victory of the season and, and, and get off that over. Uh, but you know, right right now, uh, Buckeye and Holy Name are the uh, are the class uh, are the class right now, and we'll see. Uh, you know, Bay, Bay and Holy Name is going to be a great game. Um, Buckeye and Fairview is uh, is an old rivalry from, uh, or at least an old game from from their past conference play. Um, uh, Buckeye's just on a, on a straight roll right now, um, and, and Fairview uh, looking to uh, Fairview's looking to get back on the winning side with that loss today. So. Um, you know, lots of good stuff going on in the GLC uh, here. Uh, I'm sure once we uh, maybe cross next week or maybe the week after, uh, we'll start really digging into Joe Idol and his, uh, Joe, Joe Idol's uh, computer rank and see uh, see where the teams are where the see where the teams are, are placing and where we think they're going to fall. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we talked a little bit uh, off air about uh, getting to that time of year. Not yet, but. Pretty close when uh, the rankings mean a little something and wins. Like you said, Rocky River, man, if they want to make the playoffs, they got some big games at the end of their schedule where if they can win one or two of those, could really be a difference maker. But, uh, you know, the Great Lakes Conference, very competitive, and Buckeye making that uh, transformation to the Great Lakes Conference, and they're doing really well. I mean, they're playing very hard and winning a lot of games. So we'll see uh, – what they do the rest of the year. But uh, I know Josh is itching at the bit here for the great greater Cleveland conference now, where I know Ed will, uh, you know, discuss with you briefly too uh, some of the games. Uh, yeah. Thanks Rob. So we're going to start off in the GCC with the game that was held on Saturday. Uh, Solon with a victory over Shaker 31, 14. You know, this was kind of just a, a typical hard nosed football game. Uh, the comments were without uh, starting quarterback Pat McQuaid. He was injured in actually last week's game against Brunswick, uh, so he uh, was not available in this game. His replacement, Andrew uh, Mulvaney, uh, filled in. Just a, uh, They didn't want to do too much for him, uh, the young quarterback, so he only went 7 for 9 for 94 yards, but Solon was led by running back Khalil Eichelberger. 211 total yards in this game, 153 rushing yards. He scored three touchdowns in this one. Uh, Shaker did have some bright spots on offense. Wide receiver, wide receiver Dakota Cochran, seven receptions for 132 yards and two touchdowns, and running back Victor Ford added 103 yards on the ground for the Red Raiders, but it was not enough as Solon uh, defeats Shaker 31-14. Solon improves to 4-1 overall, 2-0 in the conference. Shaker drops to... Um, 
one and four, zero oh and two in the conference. Uh, the next game, the train keeps on going for the Menor Cardinals. They uh, cruise to a sixty-three to seven victory over the Medina Bees. The Menor offense. 521 total yards 420 of them were on the ground uh, and they were led once again by quarterback Ian Kipp he had four touchdown uh, runs in this one running back Brian Trouble 184 yards two touchdowns and that was only in the first half Medina got on the board very late in the game uh, they actually scored in a 48 yard touchdown pass from quarterback Drew Aller to uh, Drew Hensley uh, and that touchdown was scored with a minute left in the game. So this one was all Menor. They continued their winning ways. Menor improves to 5-0 five, five oh. overall, 2-0 oh in the conference. Medina drops to 3-2. and two. They actually are 0-2 oh in the conference uh, to start for them. Uh, Euclid continue, continues its winning ways as uh, – one of the two undefeated teams in the GCC with a 56-8 victory over Illyria. This game uh, was all Euclid, 28-8 at halftime. Illyria uh, got their only touchdown in the first half by running back Corian Washington. He had an eight-yard touchdown run. Uh, but again, this was all Euclid. Uh, and they were led by Dion Valentine, who had two touchdown passes uh, in this game. Once again, Euclid wins 56-8. Uh, Euclid improves to 5-0 and overall, 2-0 in the conference. Illyria drops to 1-4, 0-2 in the conference. And then in the game of the week in the GCC, the Brunswick Blue Devils finally, finally beat the Strongsville Mustangs 20-14. to uh, This was just a great game overall, kind of a, a knock-em-out, drag-em-out game. Uh, the scoring started off uh, by the Brunswick Blue Devils defense in this one. Linebacker Kyle Charette with a pick six. He went 42 yards for the touchdown. Strongsville got on board with a Garrett Clark nine-yard run. He did add a second rushing touchdown uh, in the second quarter. Great numbers by him in this one. 37 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns. Um, quarterback for Brunswick uh, Jacob Sherritt, 25-yard TD run, and let's give some credit where credit is due. Brunswick kicker Justin Hagler, two field goals in this game, one from 43 yards, the other oh. for um, 31 yards. Um, but we already mentioned Garrett Clark had a big game. He had 205 yards. However, he needed 206 yards to win the game, and that's what it came down to. Strongsville first and goal on the Blue Devils three uh, on the Blue Devils uh, three-yard line. So at the goal line, I should say. <laughs> um, five seconds left on the game. The handoff was to Clark, and he was stopped at the half-yard line as time expired. So the Brunswick Blue Devils came away uh, with a 20-14 to victory um, wow. over the Strongsville Mustangs. Brunswick improves to 4-1. and uh, They are 1-1 one one in the conference. Strongsville drops to 4-1, and one, their first defeat of the year. They are also 1-1 one and one in the conference. So I just kind of gave you the kind of the, the highlights of the game. Uh, our one and only Ed Dick was at the game as, you know, on the sidelines as coach. Yeah. And, uh, Ed, you could probably talk a little bit more on how that game actually was. You know, just following it on Twitter while we were at the game of the week, it, it seemed like a really intense game. Uh, it was. Uh, well, we, uh, we were talking in the, in the locker room after this game. If you, had, if, you had, if you hadn't really seen high school football and you happened to have paid to see the last two Brunswick games, the thriller in Solon last week or two weeks ago and the in the game last Friday, you will have gotten some very, very good football uh, for a very cheap price. Um, 
both of the games uh, between uh, with Seoul and Strongsville were, were extremely hard hitting. They were um, very close, very, very, very intense. I'll tell you what: in this game, the the refs the refs let let us let, let, let the kids play. There were not a whole lot of penalties called um, at all. Um, which you know, it's a good and a bad thing. It's good because the rhythm happened, and it's also good because it wasn't lopsided one way or the other. Um, and you know, we were the beneficiary of a call uh, in that last drive. Clark did did rush in for a touchdown, uh, but was that was called back due to a hold on the outside. Uh, that set the set the uh, that sent him back. Tell you what, uh, Clark is Clark and that Strongsville line is they're they're legitimate. They are a very good. That's a very good line. They, I don't, I, they he ran 35 times. I don't think he got negative yardage maybe once. It didn't matter what he did. He somehow got at least two or three yards. Um, he just kept pushing the pile. It, it, it didn't look like much, and then you see the sticks keep moving, and you're like, wow, he somehow got four yards off that, but he did. Um, but credit the Brunswick defense for uh, a forcing a turnover and getting and, and getting that getting that pick six, and also setting up. Um, you know, the, 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 the strong so long stamper wasn't very good, quite honestly. And if you see the tape, you'll see why. Um, you know, he, he kind of rolled the ball back to the punter, and we were able to convert, convert that into points. Uh, the offense did just enough. Uh, they did what they needed to do, and that's that's exactly what uh, – that's the recipe that we needed to follow to win that game. Um, I, I'll tell you that last drive was very was just as cathartic as it was last week. And unfortunately uh, for the Blue Devils, uh, a play was made this uh, – we, we were able to make a play this time. Um, just like Solon made a play play last week, um, you know, it wasn't – that last play, I don't know if you saw it, I don't know if you saw it, Josh, or, or read about it. It was just a good play by the Sol, by, by Solon, and that, that's that's what fell this two weeks ago. Uh, in this case, it was a great play. It was a great play by us. Uh, we all knew what was coming. They, they you know, once they, once they were able to get out of bounds, they converted a fourth and seven – um, or fourth, a uh, fourth down. Time was running out on them. They went to spike the ball on third down, but they fumbled the snap. Initially, it was really incomplete pass, and the refs stepped together. They figured it out, and they started running the clock. Uh, Strongsville got off the ball and was able to get a first down to set up that last play from the three-yard line. Um, it was just, it was, intense. it was awesome. Um, I mean, obviously, coming out on the on the, on the positive end of it uh, makes things infinitely better. Uh, but a, a really well played matchup between two good, two very very good teams, and um, it was uh, it was good to, it was good to take back the B. I'll just say that. Yeah, you know, I I think Brunswick's pretty happy to have the Charette brothers on the team. I mean, not not only did they they score touchdowns uh, offensively, but uh, Kyle with a a pick six going the other way, uh, you know, playing really good defense and. You know, those are the games, you know, 20 to 14 games seem like a defensive uh, battle there where both teams uh, are making plays. And, you know, they're just physical teams trying to get a win there. And, you know, you go back and forth with the Brunswick-Strongsville rivalry. And, you know, you could see Coach Pinzoni really uh, has made a difference. Um, You know, last year was a tough year, but you're seeing progress, and especially this year. I mean, the way the team's playing and – and uh, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, you know, it's pretty fun to watch. 
um, when when they're doing a lot better, and I think it makes uh, the conference even better. But do you think, Ed, anybody can beat a team like Menor? I mean, Menor right now, I mean, obviously they beat Ignatius and Ed's in weeks one and two, and it seems like they're on a roll even more. I mean, Medina is having a really good year this year, um, but, you know, Menor goes in and, and pretty much destroys him this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the facts are the facts. When you look at Menor's schedule and you look at what they've done, they present many problems. And, um, you know, luckily, uh, you know, Leary and Medina had to face that rest first. Um, Solon's going to get him this week. So we'll see. Um, you know, we'll be able to watch the tape and see what we can glean from that. Solon's a very, very good team, as we as we saw up close and personal as well. You know, so you'll, we'll compete. We'll, we'll line up against him, and we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, anything, anything's possible. I, I'm not going to, you know, if there's anything I've learned this year so far, um, watching, you know, being a part of what we've been doing, I, I believe it. I believe in what we're doing. Uh, not that I didn't, not that I never have before, but you know, when, 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 you know, we have a really good group. Of, we have a really good group of kids this year. Uh, the players are gelling together. Um, are the, you know, we have, you know, and when the players play well, it makes the coaching obviously look good. Um, Absolutely. You know, we, we, we just have, we have a really good junior class uh, led by the Shirep brothers, by Tomas Renak, uh, uh, Nick Bedini, uh, and, uh, Andrew Haber, uh, Jacob Dye. Like I, I, there's more, there's multiple others that I, that I, I I'm not meant that I, I'm just, you know, that, that I'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about it as the year goes on. Um, we'll we'll see what we'll line up and see what happens. Um, that's that's all we can do. But we're not worried about Menor right now. I'll tell you that I'll, I'll just straight up. It, it's we have Shaker Heights coming up. It's our homecoming game. That's that's the that's what needs to. That's the number one focus. Uh, we need to take care of business uh, this week before we can either even think about what's going on in, in the weeks past. Uh, weeks past that. So it's all about Shaker Heights this week. I'm not even worried about. We're not worried about Menor. Uh, We'll deal with them when we need to. Right now, Shaker's in front of us. They got us last year. We we need to we need to focus on that. Get you know, bring home a homecoming win. Uh, get everyone you know. A lot of people being top for that game. Sound a good show. Hopefully, we play well and can come out with a victory, and then uh, then we'll deal with what we have afterwards. Well, that's a uh, really good segue to go into Week Six of the GCC. Uh, as Ed mentioned, Shaker will travel to Brunswick. Uh, Medina will travel to Elyria. Euclid will play at Strongsville, uh, and then Mentor will play at Solon. Uh, my coach of the week goes to Brunswick uh, Blue Devils head coach uh, Mark Pinzoni, and my player of the week goes to Solon running back Khalil Eichelberger, 211 total yards, three touchdowns in uh, Solon's victory over uh, Shaker Heights. Very nice. Well, Ed, great job this week on the Great Lakes Conference, and uh, – Helping out with the GCC, giving uh, your input on uh, that league, and um, look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Uh, great job with the GCC as always, Josh and uh, Sean and uh, Sean and Rob as always. Uh, we do respect the conferences, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Ed. All right, sounds good, Ed. Thanks, Bud. How's it going? That is our own Ed Dick, and uh, always does a great job with the Great Lakes Conference, and that's going to be a tough league. Uh, the Great Greater Cleveland Conference, um, 
I mean, what a what a tough conference, and um, you know, it's going to be fun to see as we uh, get deeper and deeper into that league what happens with the rankings and everything like that. But uh, visit our website, sportsontappodcast.com, for our stories and our archived podcast there. Also, our YouTube page, at SOT Podcast, on Twitter. We're on Instagram, iTunes, all over the place, so check us out. Right now, we're going to step away, take a short break. When we come back, the Southwestern Conference, we'll get into that, into uh, our Week 5 with that, and the Suburban League, all coming up on Sports on Tap. But right now listen to a word from some of our sponsors why do you exercise to look better to feel better to drop a few pounds to train for an event to defy age or to keep your ability to say yes to the things you love to do. Whatever motivates you, G&G Fitness Equipment is here to get you there. Treadmills, ellipticals, rowers, bikes, home gyms, and accessories. We'll pair you with the right equipment, teach you how to use it, and be there every step of your fitness journey. G&G Fitness, your goal is our goal. Listen to our shows live on Mixer or join us the first Monday of every month at Z's Cream and Bean, located at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley. Want to listen to past shows? Go to our YouTube page or website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. Sportsontappodcast.com, the place to go where you can listen to past shows, read featured articles, check out all of our social media updates, plus much, much more. SportsOnTapPodcast.com, the official website of Sports on Tap. No matter the season, it's always the right time for Z's Cream of Bean. Whether you want to warm up with some of their delicious soups, chilies, or coffees, or sample from their delicious selection of ice cream, shakes, and other cool treats, Z's Cream of Bean has you covered. Visit them at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley, Ohio, and tell them the guys at Sports on Tap sent you. RRT Productions. Specializing in creating sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes. Want to play at the next level? Promote your talents with a video to send colleges. Affordable, experienced, and a high-quality video. Make us your local video production company. Visit our website, rrt-productions.com, and contact us today. RRT Productions. We shoot. We edit. You win. For up-to-the-minute info on local high school sports action, including photos, videos, and live updates, be sure to follow Sports on Tap on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Okay, you want to support a great local store that supports Cleveland 
and Ohio sports. GV Artwork and Design has the best style of sports apparel. Whether it's Cleveland sports, college gear, I've seen high school gear, your favorite sports teams, not just Cleveland, they have it all. Now, a special offer for sports on tap listeners. Use the code ONTAP10 and receive 10% off your full order. Go to gvartwork.com. That's gvartwork.com. GV Art and Design, original and one of a kind. Welcome back to Sports on Tap. Live from Studio J in Brunswick, I'm Rob Trump. We have Sean Duffy, Josh Jeffy, Ed Dick, who joined us via the RRT Productions hotline as he covered the Great Lakes Conference. Josh covered the Greater Cleveland Conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get more information on uh, our stories, on our videos, on our um, anything on we do, go on to sportsontappodcast.com or visit our Twitter page, at SOT Podcast, um, where – there we give our game of the week coverage with videos, pictures. Um, use the hashtag SOTHSF. If you didn't understand that, that's hashtag HSOTHSF. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Nope, that. nope. Don't mind me. It's just another typical Monday. That's right. We're running the board. Victory Monday, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Many victorious uh, teams, not just the Cleveland Browns. But uh, victory teams on Friday nights as well. Yes, sir. Um, and we'll get uh, into the Southwestern Conference where Avon traveled to Midview. And Midview was undefeated at home. Uh, they were 3-0. and Avon, though, early, they showed why they're number six in Ohio in Division Two. They went 81 yards in five plays on their first possession as C.J. Colombo scored on a one-yard touchdown run. And the offense, they really didn't stop there. Avon scored 28 points in the second quarter and at halftime led 42 to nothing. The Eagles, they would score 14 more points in the second half, and they win to stay undefeated 56 to nothing. Wow. Uh, Avon sophomore quarterback Chase Myers, he even got into the fun late in the game on a 53-yard touchdown run. Um, the Eagles, they generate 516 yards of offense and scored on all eight of their possessions in this game. And it was a balanced offense, though, for the Eagles. They had 260 yards passing, or actually uh, 260 yards rushing and 256 yards rush or passing. The Eagles, they scored 190 points in their last four games. Avon now 5-0, 4-0 in conference. Midview falls to 3-2, 2-2 overall. Avon a winner, 56 to nothing. Uh, for rushing for Avon, it was Nick Parasek. He had 113 yards and three touchdowns. And quarterback Danny Zay for Avon had 182 yards passing and two touchdowns. Now, Avon Lake, they traveled to North Ridgeville. And the Shoreman defense, they have been solid in all of their games, only allowing an average of nine points a game. And they continued that streak as the Shoreman had a 28 nothing halftime lead in this game and held the Rangers offense to 29 first-half yards on only one first down. 
In the second half, it was junior cornerback Nathan Sicalo who returned a pair of interceptions for touchdowns in just over two minutes, and it was 45 to nothing in the start of the fourth quarter. It's a lone touchdown drive um, for North Ridgeville, covered 96 yards on 10 plays, and that was early in the fourth quarter. Um, and then it was Tyler Richmond who had 14 carries for 42 yards. He pushed into the end zone from one yard out. Uh, junior running back Mason Wheeler rushed for three touchdowns in the first half one, on one yard, nine yard, and eight yards. He finished with 104 yards for Avon Lake on 24 carries. For Avon Lake, it was junior quarterback Michael Corbo. He uh, provided a balanced offense, completing 10 of 15 for 155 yards. He connected with five receivers. And the Shoremen, they win four in a row now. They win big, 45-7, to seven, as Avon Lake improves to 4-1, and 3-1 and one in conference. North Ridgeville falls to 0-5, 0-4. All right, North Olmstead, they traveled to Lakewood, and there was no score after one quarter in this game. Both teams, they traded field goals early, and it was North Olmstead quarterback Anthony Guercio with the only touchdown in the first quarter on a 15-yard uh, run. The Eagles, or actually that was the second quarter, as the Eagles led 10-3 at half. Then Lakewood, they started scoring the second half with a Milan-Jackson touchdown to tie the game up in the third quarter. The Eagles, though, they would answer as Guercio would uh, score again as he had four touchdowns in this game. And uh, he's just a game changer on offense for the Eagles as Lakewood. They could not respond uh, as North Olmstead. They get the win 31-10. to And Anthony Guercio, uh, the touchdown machine for North Olmstead, scored four touchdowns. And he continues to lead that offense as North Olmstead improves to three and two, two and two overall as Lakewood drops to zero and five, zero and four. It's North Olmstead thirty-one, Lakewood ten. Berea Mid Park and Westlake both coming in trying to win their first game of the season, and it was the Demons jumping out to an early seven nothing lead on a touchdown run by Lamar Griggs. Uh, Bria Midpark, though, they would answer with Luke Devins. He scored on a 19-yard touchdown run. The game was tied at 7 at the end of the first quarter. The Titans then went on a 28-0 run in the second quarter of this game. Um, impressive for Berea Midpark is uh, they got a big win here. And you look at Luke Devins, the sophomore quarterback, threw three touchdowns, ran for another um, as the Titans got the win. He was 12 of 18, passing for 239 yards. Six Titans in this game caught at least one pass. Uh, Devin Borders had four receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown uh, to lead the way for Berea Midpark. They had three running backs who carried for over 50 yards on the night. Um, and just an overall impressive win. The Titans' defense, they even did well, forcing two turnovers, four punts, and a turnover on downs. Um, Bubachi uh, for Berea Midpark led in tackles with Luke Wolock as well um, as they had four tackles apiece. Good win for Berea Midpark as <laughs> when judges, what are you? Oh, man. I oh. believe it's uh, Bobachi. Bobachi. Not... <laughs> Boo. Yeah, what? sorry. Bo-bachi. I didn't even think. I'm, I'm talking to you. It's fast. September 30th, bro. Bo-bachi. It's not even Halloween. Sorry about that, it's not even Halloween month. Maybe yeah. he scared the other team with Boo. his. Sorry, Bo, for that. 
Bobachi with uh, four One tackles. Wheel. Berea Mid Park with a 49 to 14 win over Westlake. It's their first win of the season. They're one and four, one and three in conferences. Westlake falls to zero and five, zero and four. And uh, we'll get to uh, our game of the week, which was Olmstead Falls at Amherst. But our week six matchups have Amherst traveling to Avon Lake, Westlake going on the road to Avon. Lakewood at Olmstead Falls, Midview versus North Olmstead, and North Ridgeville travels to Berea Mid Park. Uh, going over some of the standings now for the Southwestern Conference. Avon and Olmstead Falls at 5 and0 in conference. Um, then Amherst and Avon Lake at four and one. North Olmstead and Midview um, at three and one, or actually, uh, Midview's at three and one in conference. They're three and two overall. Both teams at three and two. One and four is Berea Mid Park, and then you have Lakewood, North Ridgeville, and Westlake, all at zero in five on the year. So, starting to buckle down a little bit in the Southwestern Conference. My coach of the week is Tom DeLuca of Olmstead Falls. You know they've lost a lot of seniors last year, and they're still one of the undefeated teams in the Southwestern Conference at five and zero. Oh. Uh, 4-0 in conference. They were trailing Amherst. They come back and get a big win. And my player of the week in the Southwestern Conference is sophomore quarterback Luke Devins of Berea Midpark. He threw for three touchdowns and ran for another um, in the Titans' victory, and he was 12 of 18 passing for 239 yards, getting six Titans uh, the ball wide receiver-wise. Um, that's pretty impressive for Luke Devins, who's only a sophomore, and he'll continue to grow. So congratulations to Berea Midpark getting their first win and sophomore quarterback Luke Devins. And there you go. That's the Week 5 game recaps in the Southwestern Conference. Right now we're going to send it over to a guy that has a nice smile on his face. He has his Notre Dame hat on. He has his good luck charms uh Shirt on. Yeah, I missed the memo. We're apparently wearing the same shirt tonight, guys. Yeah. Rob, well, and Josh, we... Rob and Josh decided to dress like the twins from The Shining when I walk in here today. <laughs> so it's basically my worst nightmare looking across the table Oh, today. I don't think you so. You better believe it. Oh, God. All right. Let... Nightmares. Well, now we'll send it over to Sean Duffy, who will cover the Suburban League, and he's also having many nightmares. So we hope this goes, you know, smoothly. Smoothly. Well, Rob, thank you very much for that <laughs> labored yet fantastic intro. <laughs> uh, we'll start off in the National Division as the Brexville Broadview Heights Bees travel in to take on Hudson. And Hudson coming off an emotional last-second victory in Week 4. And Brexville, this is the second week in a row that they caught the, a, a team coming off an emotional win, and they made them pay for it as uh, Bees quarterback Joe Labas finished 26 of 34 passing. 285 yards and three passing touchdowns. Hudson's quarterback Jacob Paltani was not to be outdone. He went 11 of 21, 153 yards and two touchdowns. But Brexville was able to outlast Hudson 35-28 uh, in a huge win for Brexville. Brexville now 3-2, and 2-0 in the conference, the only 2-0 team in the national division. Hudson mm -hmm. falls to 2-3, 1-1 in the conference. Hudson will host Nordonia in week six. Brexville will host Cuyahoga Falls. Speaking of Cuyahoga Falls, the Black Tigers welcomed in the Twinsburg Tigers, and this one was a close game right down to the end, but it all came down to special teams as a missed extra point gave the Twinsburg Tigers a 21-20 victory over Cuyahoga Falls. 
Twinsburg improves to two and three, one and one in the conference, whereas Cuyahoga Falls is two and three, zero oh and two in the conference. As I mentioned, Twinsburg, I'm sorry, Cuyahoga Falls will travel to take on Brexville, and Twinsburg will face North Royalton. Speaking of North Royalton, they traveled in to take on Stowe, Monroe Falls, and you know Stowe is looking to bounce back after a tough loss to Brexville in Week Four, and believe me, they turned to their quarterback. Owen Bainbridge, who went 14 of 18, 268 yards, and five, count them, five passing touchdowns on the night. Stowe's defensive unit had a great game with interceptions, blocked punts, and held North Royalton scoreless in the first half. They win 51 to 14 over North Royalton. Stowe improves to 4 and 1, 1 and 1 in the conference. North Royalton falls to 3 and 2, 1 and 1 in the conference. As I mentioned, North Royalton will travel to take on Twinsburg, and Stowe will host Wadsworth. Wadsworth had a tough game against Nordonia, and it came down to a last-second goal-line stand uh, and for Wadsworth to hold off Nordonia. Wadsworth's Barrett Labas had three touchdowns on the night, and Nordonia at this point was down 21 to nothing in the first quarter, and they were able to st storm their way back to make it 21-20 at half. Wadsworth was able to put two touchdowns on the board in the second half and hold off a late comeback by Nordonia, and a goal line stand uh, would would capture the win for the Grizzlies as Wadsworth wins 34-28. Wadsworth improves to three and two, one and one on the year. Nordonia falls to two and three, one and one on the year. As I mentioned. Wadsworth will host Stowe in week six. Nordonia will travel to take on Hudson. Moving on to the American division, and we start off with Aurora versus Talmadge, and Aurora in their first conference game of the year made a statement. It was all Aurora all night. Quarterback Alex Moore went only through the ball 12 times, completing nine of those passes for 293 yards, I'm sorry, 243 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns. Aurora wide receiver Johnny Papish had four catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Aurora running back Anthony Graham carried the ball 13 times for 94 yards and one touchdown. Aurora routes Talmadge 55-6. Aurora is 5-0 and 1-0 in conference play. Talmadge 1-4, 0-2 on the year. Talmadge will take on a non-conference uh, game against Rocky River, as Ed mentioned, in Week 6. Aurora will host Roosevelt in Week 6. Moving on, we have Barberton at Revere in what I thought was going to be a very good game in the American division. Revere's an upstart team. Barberton may get caught. They had to travel to Revere on this one. Maybe they get caught looking ahead, uh, but they did not. Barberton quarterback Chase Haywood finished 12-15 for 192 yards. Pretty pedestrian night considering what he had last week as our player of the week. Three touchdowns. Uh, all three of those touchdown passes went to his favorite target, wide receiver Caleb Vega. Uh, the Magic's held a 42 to nothing lead at halftime. It was a running clock, and this game was over at halftime. Barberton improves to four and one, two and zero oh on the season. Revere falls to three and two, one and one on the season. Barberton takes a 48 to seven victory. They will. Barberton will uh, play Copley in week six. Revere will host Highland. And speaking of those Highland Hornets, they had to travel in to take on Kent Roosevelt, and this was probably the best game of the American uh, division this week. Uh, it was a back-and-forth game. Both teams that came to play, especially uh, Roosevelt quarterback Christian Detweiler, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. R Roosevelt running back Raheem Howard had two rushing touchdowns. 
and it was just enough to beat the the Highland Hornets. Not to be outdone, Bryce Prophet had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, and Highland running back Brady Linder chipped in a rushing touchdown, but it wasn't enough. Highland falls to Roosevelt 35-28. to Highland 0 and 5 in the season, 0 and 2 in the conference. Roosevelt 3 and 2 and 2 and 0 in the conference. As I mentioned, Highland will travel to take on Revere and Roosevelt will host or I'm sorry, will travel to take on Aurora. The American Division non-conference game saw Copley taking on Akron East and it was all Akron East all night. The only the only touchdown come, coming from uh quarterback Joe Reho to tight end Anthony Campbell Jr. uh they were only able to put seven points on the board. Copley falls to one and four in a twenty-seven to seven victory. I'm sorry, loss to Akron East. They are one and four, zero oh and one in the conference. And this was just a domination uh, by Akron East. They came in defensively. They kept everyone. They kept every. Uh, they they stopped Copley anytime they tried to get some momentum going. Uh, and as I mentioned, Copley has another tough task as they will host Barberton in week six. My coach of the week has to go to Brexville, Broadview Heights, the Bees. Bees. Head coach Martin Poder, who, again, for the second week in a row, had a team coming in that was feeling pretty good about themselves and, and found a way to win. And, and keep in mind, that team is the only undefeated conference team right now, and they've knocked off some pretty heavy hitters in Stowe yeah. and Hudson. Uh, and my player of the week, I'm going to give it to the sophomore quarterback from Aurora, he only had to throw the ball 12 times and nine of those completions for 243 yards and four wow. touchdowns. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. This was the toughest week I've had to pick a player of the week. There was about five candidates that could have won this, and I just went with the sophomore quarterback, Aurora, their first you know conference game. They made a statement in the American division, and they did a very good job. But shout-out to Owen Bainbridge, Joe Labus, all those guys who had a great performances. It was tough, but I went ahead and gave it to Alex Moore uh, from – the uh from the aurora agreement again just to recap the conference schedule uh for next week in the national division we have cuyahoga falls heading to brexville broadview heights to take on the bees nordonia will take will travel to take on hudson north royalton travels to twinsburg and stowe will go to wadsworth in the american division roosevelt will go to take on Aurora. Barberton will head to Copley. Highland will travel to Revere, seeking their first win on the year. And Talvinge, the lone non-conference, will travel to take on GLC team Rocky River. Guys, that's all it's the news that's fit to print from the Suburban League. was a great week. Uh, there's a lot of great performances, but you know what? I'm excited to see where these divisions go. Well, I mean, speaking of that, there was a little bit of news that was brought to our attention today. Ed Ed sent this to us. Uh, Cuyahoga Falls in uh, 2021 will be leaving the National Conference and moving over to the American Conference. Yep. Uh, so that's going to have some implications. That's not for a couple of years, though, but um, that uh, uh, has I, been long su suspected uh -huh. and uh, sometimes debated. Um, but they will move over to the American starting the 2021-22 school year. I, you know, that's that was when I read that today, it, it screamed to me that I think they just kind of see that, you know, they want to try something different in the American division. Maybe they can have a little bit more success in sports. Well, I think it, it, it comes down to enrollment. Um, yeah. Their enrollment size is a little more equal to, yeah. to the other teams in that at that conference. So they're just trying to make it uh, – you know, probably even the the playing field, so to speak, a little bit for them. You got to wonder also if this makes way for another team, maybe geographically, that makes a little bit more sense or enrollment wise, it makes a little bit more sense for to bring into the suburban league. I don't know who that team would be, 
Um, you know, there's a, little, there's a couple of independents out there that may want to get into a conference. We're not sure. Uh, but maybe that does free up a little a, a space maybe for a team that, you know, or, or a school that has a, a bit of more of an equal enrollment to the other teams in the national division. But, again, you know, Cuyahoga Falls is not – it's not just football. for uh, guy, Folks, that's what we want to keep in mind. There's, there's basketball contention. There's baseball. There's wrestling. There's a lot of things that go on in here that, that make this go. You know, we, I know we focus on football. But we also have to take into account the other sports, and you want to be make sure that you're being successful uh, to to see that going forward. And and I think they're making the best decision for their student body and for their enrollment and, and everything like that. So they're not leaving the suburban league; they're just playing on the other side of the division. And like I said, hopefully they can add another team to make it an even division. And yeah, and another thing about the suburban league that you know I find a little interesting is is Wadsworth. I mean, they've with the exception of the first game where they where they beat Highland. Uh, pretty handily they're the last four games for them have been relatively close i mean yep. they're it, it so it seems to be uh they're uh, only a few plays away from being undefeated or they're also a few plays away from being one and four right yeah. now so um you know wadsworth we've always been known to them as them as one of the top teams in suburban league which they still are mm-hmm. uh, but it's just you know they're they're finding ways to win um uh, these close games and and there's, they're suffering some defeats. So we'll see how this plays out as they get, you know, stiff competition coming this week, Stowe, Monroe Falls. Yep. And, and and the rest of their schedule is no cakewalk. They're going to be tough games. So that's what I'm interested to see as the season continues for Wadsworth on, on how they're going to play. You know, it, it's interesting to see that. And I, I think it speaks more to the parity in that particular division, the national division. I mean, we're looking at teams like Wadsworth, Nordonia, Hudson, Stowe, now Brexville getting into the mix. I mean, that's from top to bottom, with the exception of maybe your Twinsburgs and your Cuyahoga Falls. I mean, that's four teams, four or five teams in that division alone that could easily win this division. And that's what I like about it because, you know what, we don't know. Brexville, you know what, Wadsworth has to run the table and then hope that Brexville doesn't, you know, that, that they beat Brexville to take the division championship. I don't know, essentially – I agree with you, Josh, in the sense that they're a few plays away from being undefeated and also a few plays away. But I also think that if you look at the level of competition, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about this and it's talked about a lot in college football. You're, some teams get every team's best shot. You know what I'm saying? Beating, beating Wadsworth is something for a team that doesn't have a lot of success to hang their hat on. Hudson was able to beat Wadsworth on a last-second field goal, and we saw it. And, but Wadsworth had the opportunity to close that game out several times. The first down closes that game out. Mm-hmm. You know, and they didn't do it. So that's a credit to Wadsworth. It's also a credit to Hudson. And, and again, it just speaks to the parity in the division, uh, especially the national division, where, again, there's a lot of teams out in that division that can play foot, really good football. And we see in the GCC as well. For the first time in, you know, Menor gets the headlines because they had the great early season success. But you look up and down the GCC and the Southwestern Conference, there's a lot of good teams in there. And I think the Suburban League is finally becoming, at least in the national division, that kind of eat its own before playoffs and there and you see a lot of these teams that come out especially the national division are battle tested and, and are able to make a, a deep run into the playoffs wadsworth hudson uh you know aurora barberton you know on the other side you know uh brexville if they get in so it's it's one of those things where it's interesting it's going to be interesting to follow not only just the suburban league but the southwestern conference the glc and the gcc a lot of these teams there's a lot of good football teams being played and i think the level of competition we're finally starting to see kind of that parity a little bit. Maybe not so much in the top-tier teams. Menor and Solon are really the top-tier teams in the GCC. 
Avon, Avon Lake, Olmstead Falls, top-tier teams in the Southwestern Conference. You know, right now it's Buckeye, it's Fairview, it's, it's you know, Bay, it's all those teams in the GLC, which are kind of up there. And, again, now we have kind of a wide-open race for the Suburban League National and a two-team race for the American Division. Yeah, you know, it was nice to see Wadsworth uh, escape that uh, week with a win. Yeah. Because, you know, after coming off a tough loss to Hudson, you wondered how they bounced back. But Well, okay. they had a tough test against Nordonia. Yeah. I mean, they had a goal line stand to do that. They were – I mean, it took a great defensive effort to pull that victory off, and they did so. Yeah, and very good games in uh, the American and National yep. Division. Sean, great job on your uh, updates. And uh, we're going to step away. We'll take a short break, and when we come back – we have the G&G &G Fitness Coach of the Week poll. The results are in. And also our Player of the Week poll. That'll be up uh, on our Twitter at SOT Podcast. We have our Game of the Week recap, which was Olmstead Falls at Amherst. And we'll reveal where we'll be this Friday for our Game of the Week. All coming up, we're Sports on Tap. We're coming right back. Why do you exercise? To look better? To feel better? To drop a few pounds? To train for an event? To defy age? Or to keep your ability to say yes to the things you love to do? Whatever motivates you, G&G &G Fitness Equipment is here to get you there. Treadmills, ellipticals, rowers, bikes, home gyms, and accessories. We'll pair you with the right equipment, teach you how to use it, and be there every step of your fitness journey. G&G &G Fitness, your goal is our goal. Listen to our shows live on Mixer or join us the first Monday of every month at Z's Cream and Bean, located at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley. Want to listen to past shows? Go to our YouTube page or website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. Sportsontappodcast.com, the place to go where you can listen to past shows, read featured articles, check out all of our social media updates, plus much, much more. SportsOnTapPodcast.com, the official website of Sports on Tap. No matter the season, it's always the right time for Z's Cream of Bean. Whether you want to warm up with some of their delicious soups, chilies, or coffees, or sample from their delicious selection of ice cream, shakes, and other cool treats, Z's Cream of Bean has you covered. Visit them at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley, Ohio, and tell them the guys at Sports on Tap sent you. RRT Productions. Specializing in creating sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes. Want to play at the next level? Promote your talents with a video to send colleges. Affordable, experienced, and a high-quality video. Make us your local video production company. Visit our website, rrt-productions.com, and contact us today. RRT Productions. We shoot. We edit. You win.
for up-to-the-minute info on local high school sports action, including photos, videos, and live updates, be sure to follow Sports on Tap on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Okay, you want to support a great local store that supports Cleveland and Ohio sports. GV Artwork and Design has the best stylish sports apparel, whether it's Cleveland sports, college gear, I've seen high school gear, your favorite sports teams, not just Cleveland, they have it all. Now, a special offer for Sports on Tap listeners. Use the code ONTAP10 and receive 10% off your full order. Go to gvartwork.com. That's gvartwork.com. GV Art and Design, original and one of a kind. Welcome back to Sports on Taps, our Ohio high school football coverage. Week 5 game recap. Uh, and we sorry. went through the Great Lakes Conference, the Greater Cleveland Conference, the Southwestern Conference, and the Suburban League. And did, now – Did not know my mic was hot. That's all right. <laughs> you live and learn. Yikes. It's, but right now it's the G&G Fitness Coach of the Week. And, Josh, the results are in. Well, uh, actually, Rob, we actually still have a little less than an hour left in the polls, but I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that uh, we do have a winner. Uh, wow. Over 600 votes uh, for this week's coach, uh, J&G Fitness Coach of the Week poll, uh, and the winner with 38% of the votes is Olmstead Falls coach Tom DeLuca. Uh, we mentioned earlier it was a close race, and it was up until the very end. Uh, between DeLuca and Brunswick coach Mark Penzoni. Um, Brexville's coach Potter also had a good showing in this one, 28% of the vote. Um, so we appreciate everyone for voting. A, our, our Sports on Tap RRT Productions Player of the Week poll will be going up shortly after the show tonight. Uh, so make sure you vote on that and you follow us on Twitter at SOT Podcast. For all the polls and stories and pictures and all the good stuff that we have from not only our, our weekly recaps but our game of the week, as Rob will start to get into um, right now. That is correct, and you know, in it was it was a fun game. <laughs> Dynamite a, segue. That's right. <laughs> it was fun, and we went to Amherst, where Olmstead Falls. Um, and the Amherst Comets uh, took over, and, you know, both teams undefeated coming into this game. Only one team would come out undefeated in this game. But That's the Comets, the works. you know, in the first half, they got on the board first uh, thanks to an impressive drive on a six-yard touchdown pass from Amherst quarterback Tyler Brezina to wide receiver Torrey Weatherspoon. Um, and Weatherspoon, he was busy on the night, and they took a 7 nothing lead. There was 7-15 um, remaining in the first quarter in this game. And uh, Brazina and Weatherspoon, they would hook up again for another Comet touchdown. And it was 14 to nothing in the first quarter. And, you know, I thought the scoring was pretty quick for Amherst. And they were really on Olmstead Falls part of the field a lot in that first quarter. 
Yeah, I thought uh, Olmstead Falls came out a, a little shaky, and you know we're used to them running the ball. And I think Amherst. Well, let's let's just face it. The book is out on Olmstead Falls that they run the ball an awful lot. So Amherst was prepared for that. Um, and you know they came out and they played really really good defense. Uh, special teams played well, and they were able to do enough on offense to keep this game relatively close within the first half. Well, you know, and defense really stepped up in that second quarter because there were uh, the Comets' defense did well. Lavelle Gibson had a sack, and then for the Bulldogs, it was defensive back Keegan Skozen. Um, he had also a nice play on an interception. Um, there were seven punts in this quarter, and at halftime it was fourteen to nothing. Yeah, the Amherst led. Yeah, the second quarter, it basically it didn't seem like the teams got past. They had the zone, a fifty-yard zone between <laughs> each team's twenty-five-yard line, and that's where they they didn't go uh, go past. There was a force field. Um, and I mean, just just solid defense. The offense kind of, you know, teams made the adjustments, and the offense it seemed were having trouble making the uh, adjustments to the defense. Uh, but as we'll find out, you know, halftime came out, and then the fireworks started. Yeah, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to Coach Rob Pace, and, you know, there were some things that he had to go in at halftime and change. You could tell Olmstead Falls uh, in the second half definitely changed something because there's well, a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, and to Coach Pace's credit, you know, he, he did say, yeah, you know, they've done some things uh, in the first half of the game that they've never seen before, but they were able to manage it. And he did say, and, and I'll quote him, he said, we'll be all right, and, and they were. Yeah, and then it was a 60-yard touchdown run from Bulldog uh, running back Alec Wall. They did mix, miss the extra point, which I thought that could be important in this game. Whenever you miss an extra point, you know, it's 14-6 to instead of 14-7. to The Comets did still lead with 10-21 remaining in that third quarter. And then a huge kickoff ret return by Amherst is Alton Steele uh, set up the Comets on the Bulldog 12-yard line. Uh, but Olmstead Falls, they would keep Amherst out of the end zone. They forced a 29-yard field goal from Amherst kicker Adam Henderson, and the Comets then jumped up to a 17-6 uh, lead with 9.49 remaining in the third quarter. Um, Olmstead Falls, though, you know, th they kept fighting in this game, and they would answer on the next drive, turning to uh, running back Alec Wall, and it was his second rushing touchdown of the night, this time from 12 yards out. They make the extra point this time, and it was 17-13 Comets with 7.02 left in the third quarter. Um, Amherst then would drive down and you know have a drive stall. They would attempt a 34-yard field goal to end the quarter, but it was the Bulldogs' defense that would again answer, and they got a huge block, Josh, because – um, they were trying to put more points on the board. It would have been a seven-point lead, you know, to go up 20-13. to 13. And with the kick, you know, you could kind of see the Olmstead Falls momentum uh, turn a little bit there. Yeah, that was a big one. That would have been some well-needed points for Amherst, 34-yard field goal attempt. Olmstead Falls did a great job getting up there and getting that push on the uh, O-line and, and really getting up there and blocking it. So, yeah, it was uh, the Comets that led after the third quarter. And Olmstead Falls, they would – Going into the fourth quarter with some momentum as they put together an impressive drive um, that included a fourth down conversion um, out of play to extend the drive. And then it would come off, and it would pay off, actually, with a two-yard touchdown run uh, by the fullback, Andrew Parkowski. Um, but they would miss another extra point. And, you know, especially in a close game like this, you really – I know the Bulldogs have – 
um, good kickers, and they show they can kick the ball. But for whatever reason, I think Amherst was just getting um, some good push in the front that, you know, what, for whatever reason made the kicker force it a little bit and they would miss it. It was 19-17. to 17. The Bulldogs would take the lead with 236 remaining in the game. So then the Bulldogs uh, have the lead. And as they've done, you know, the defense – was pretty impressive you know Amherst would drive they get a good drive going um, they, they just wanted to get in field goal range and hopefully set up a kick you know there was some big plays there Amherst actually threw the ball to the 50 yard line um, where a receiver caught the ball probably could have got out of bounds but was fighting for extra yardage um, and they could really get no further than that as Amherst uh, you know tried a few more passes couldn't couldn't get anywhere and it was Olmstead Falls that held off the Comets in this game and got a 19-17 win on the road, coming back from 14 points down. Amherst falls to 4-1 and one on the year, 3-1 and one in the Southwestern Conference um, as the Comets were led by quarterback Tyler Brezina, who had two touchdown passes, both to Torrey Weatherspoon. Um, and Amherst will look to get back their winning ways against Avon Lake. As Olmstead falls and improves to 5-0 and on the year, 4-0 in the Southwestern Conference. And the Bulldogs, they were led uh, by the player of the game as running back Alec Wall. He finished with two rushing touchdowns on the night. Um, as Olmstead falls, looks to continue uh, their undefeated season. And uh, they had, again, an impressive win. And um, it was Alec Wall. He had 127 yards rushing. And those two touchdowns, Andrew Parkowski, 11 rushes, 31 yards. They had, you know, they always seem to have six guys rushing the football. They only threw the ball seven times was uh, Charlie Selek there, the quarterback for the Olmstead Falls Bulldogs. But we had a chance to listen uh, to Coach Tom DeLuca, and he was pretty happy at the end of that game. And uh, we had some audio of uh, his speech there. You came into a uh, really tough environment against a good football team tonight. Against a really staunch defense, and those guys gave you guys fits on oh, but you know what? You guys showed a lot of character tonight coming out in the second half. That's what good teams are made of. You guys came out in the second half, and you started playing really good football, and you guys came to life. We're a good football team. Don't forget it. All right? I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of these guys. We just had a great victory tonight. Let's get that fight, fellas. Yeah! So, yeah, they, they went and uh, did their nice fight song after that. But very excited. You know, he was proud of his kids for coming back. I, I think uh, overall, you know, Amherst is a very good football team. I mean, they're well coached uh, with Coach Passarello and, mm -hmm. and uh, impressive win. Olmstead Falls, I mean, who would have thought losing, you know, the amount of seniors? You know, we mm -hmm. talked to Coach Rob Pace before the season. He said they lost so many seniors, but other guys are going to have to step up and I feel like that's what's happening right now with that Bulldogs team. Well, the, the way that Olmstead Falls goes about to, goes about its business is is very indicative of that coaching staff. It's a bend, don't break. It's not reacting. It's not throwing out the playbook when you're in a little hit a little adversity. What happened? You're down fourteen to nothing at halftime. So what do you do? You go out and you hold them to a three point to three points for the rest of the game, defensively, and then you keep you stay stuck with what keeps working. Pound the ball, control the clock, long drives sped by good runs, good blocking, and a good running back, and a lot of running backs. Whether it's a fullback or a running back like Alec Wall, that's that's the way Olmstead Falls wins. It's very, very, very methodical, 
and it's very, very effective for the Olmstead Falls Bulldogs. That's why year in and year out, they're at the top or near the top of the Southwestern Conference. It's easy to say that Avon, Avon Lake can throw the ball over the all over the yard. They do. Berea Mid Park throws the ball all over the yard. Olmstead Falls found a way to use to use their team and their talent to the best of their ability, and they did that. They came back on the road against a team that hasn't lost all year, and now they're in the talk of they they can potentially mark their own path to the playoffs and to a possible Southwestern Conference championship. Now, on the flip side. Amherst, I think, found some early success and maybe didn't adjust as well to the adjustments that were made by Olmstead Falls, and I think that may have hurt him in the long run. But also, you got to make those field goals. I mean, if you're you, you can't let you, you know they kick that field goal, it's twenty to nineteen. They're up. They're up twenty to I think thirteen at the time. So now you're forcing almost a two point conversion to win that game or to make those and and those extra points. And we saw. When we talked about a couple of our games, I know specifically the Twinsburg-Cuyahoga Falls game, that, the the win came down to a missed extra point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's what happened. So Amherst, you know, just didn't take didn't execute as well as Olmstead Falls did in the second half. I would even go as far to say as, as Coach Tom DeLuca and Coach Rob Pace told, told you guys is that they weren't prepared for how Amherst came out. That's And if, they, if it's not on film and, they do, and they're successful doing it, there's not much you can do. But they were able to make adjustments, and that's the sign of a good coaching staff. And I think my hat's off to the coaching staff at Olmstead Falls, who, again, doesn't deviate from their plan, doesn't deviate from their game plan, but also is able to make just enough adjustments to allow to put their kids in the right position. And those kids went out and executed better than Amherst did that night. Yeah, it was a fun game to be a part of, and, and I thought another game could have went down to the last field goal because you know we did Hudson and Wazer, yeah. and that's what it came down to. Yeah. And, I'm like, boy, this is setting up for a game-winning field goal potentially, and Amherst has a good field goal kicker. Um, so, and I'll say this: if, if it, we went, I think we did Amherst last year too. Um, this was that's a great atmosphere to watch football. It's, yeah, is Marion Steel High School in Amherst? It's it's a it's a great atmosphere. Um, Southwestern. It was a great Southwestern Conference battle. It wasn't a high-scoring game. It was defense. It was hard hitting. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I I thought that was the best smelling stadium oh. <laughs> uh, that we've been to the the kettle corn and the uh, kettle nuts that they have cooking. Sean um, had that last time. We I did. I, I couldn't stand it any longer. It was. I came, I came down at halftime like I can't do this anymore. I I, even, I had to box uh, them. Yeah, I, I noted that on, on Twitter. I tweeted it out that, uh, gosh, this is we've been to a lot of stadiums, yep. but by far that was the best smelling one due to the, <laughs> due to the kettle corn. But um, I re I I read your tweet wrong. I'm like. Why does it stink at Amherst? I'm like, no, 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 it's good. It's yeah. good. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. I agree with you, Sean. It was a great atmosphere. It was. You could definitely tell it was a, a good uh, conference game. And I don't think it's too uncommon to see uh, in these conference games see uh, you know teams that um, you know they face a team every year, and then that team's going to come out with something brand new. Yeah. That you know that's not totally uncommon. And and unfortunately for Amherst, they weren't able to um, make the adjustments to the adjustments, and that's what you have to do during the course of the game uh, to to win games. And and you know that that'll come. Uh, they'll know for next time when these two teams play next year. They'll have that that kind of. Uh, um, I would be shocked if we saw these two teams meet up in a playoff game. Maybe to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, quite possibly. That's not these, a not I mean, a bad call. I wouldn't. Th- these two teams are are playoff caliber teams. They 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 take care of their business. They they execute well. They have a good coaching staff, and they're they're as good as any team in the Southwestern Conference. Be it 
you know, Avon, Avon Lake. I think those are the top four right now. Right, Rob? I mean, Avon, yeah. Avon Lake, Amherst, and Olmstead Falls are pretty yeah, much. Yeah, Olmstead Falls and Avon are 5-0 and mm-hmm. at the top of the conference undefeated. And then you have Avon Lake with only one loss. To Avon. And to Avon, yeah, yeah. to Avon and Amherst right there. They lost to Olmstead Falls. So. so And, again, um, we've always talked about it. The Southwestern Conference is a meat grinder. Yeah. So it doesn't – I mean, put it this way. This is not going to end Amherst's season or – shot at a championship some things have to happen for a championship yeah but amherst is i think a very good team to place a solid bet on to make a, a postseason run here um and again it's just unfortunate i mean not unfortunate but it's just one of those things where we could see this atten- potentially match up again in a in a conference or in a uh division semifinal or even a division quarterfinal uh come you know early october early november and you could tell these teams continue to get better and better mm-hmm as the year goes on um our upcoming game of the week oh baby so it's what week six week six, six already holy cow 60 of the way through the regular season our week Math, six game Math of the majors. week has been i mean it's crazy how quick the the season goes I but know. week six guys what do you think well we had a conversation yep, and we, did. we we we, we there saw was a, a few good games on there here's what we did uh, we will, we got together via text. We surveyed the landscape. Yep. And our court and our quarterback Josh, uh, don't call him Peyton Manning. Jeffy looked over the defense and saw <laughs> we need to, we need to Omaha this. We need to Omaha it. We need to go someplace that we've never been. Cover some teams that we've never covered. Live. 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 It's true. So we decided this Friday, this October fourth, two thousand nineteen. Sports on Taps game of the week will be Josh. Who where are we going? Well, we- at Elyria Catholic High School. Yes, where the Panthers will take on the Valley Forge Patriots. That's going to be a good game for uh, <laughs> Great Lakes Conference action. And you know, Elyria Catholic, they they have a very tough team, and and the yep. record may not show, but. Um, Elyria Catholic, they used to be a dominant team. Still are. And they they have a lot of good athletes there. Um, and Valley Forge, they, they're an up-and-coming team. You know, last year um, made the playoffs, were successful, and this year they're trying to do the same thing or having a good year. Um, and Elyria Catholic is a tough place to play, but it's a, it's a very good atmosphere there as well. Um, it's it's fun, and uh, we'll be excited to uh, go to Elyria Catholic uh, this Friday. It'll be a good time. And I'm, I'm, we're all fortunate to be able to go out there and cover that game. Uh, it's our, I believe, our second or second GLC live game we did this year. Second yeah, the GLC. first one was Bay and Buckeye. Yeah. And actually, yeah, well, we covered uh, Rocky River and Fairview, Fairview as our, well. So it'll be our third. third. But yeah, that so one was third. kind of uh, an iffy that, game. That yeah, was, was the weather delay. Yeah. 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 So that, out of all weeks, you know, we tried to – cover a game and you know get that's the first time i've ever had a delay but the great lakes conference is a lot of fun yep um it's been a fun conference so far in our inaugural year with them yeah and we love covering all of our conferences oh, absolutely. i mean the suburban league american and national some great games in the has suburban great league games league. the greater cleveland conference and the southwestern conference we get a lot of great support um you know from all of these conferences whether you know you're sending in stats um i want to thank julie herzog um, of Olmstead Falls, um, she's been sending us pictures um, of game, fo- kind of game pictures, and I mean they are top-notch pictures of uh, 
whatever team Olmstead Falls plays each week, and we try to put them on our website, and yep. they are great pictures, um, up-close action shots. So check out our website, sportsontappodcast.com. They've been getting a lot of hits on our website. Um, we also put video highlights of our game of the week. So when um, you know we're at your game of the week, we kind of compile some of the uh, shots that we have, whether it's pictures and video, and also put those on our website. Um, our podcasts are on our website, so they're archived, but you can go back and listen to those. We have videos um, and a story, which our stories always on Saturday morning seem to get a lot of hits, um, yeah. you know, of people trying to see what's going on. Uh, we give the final scores from each conference and also the schedule so you can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. A lot to see on sportsontappodcast.com. And, again, anybody who wants to send content or anyone yeah, who wants to send pictures or stats or – correct pronunciation of your name this is this will avoid the great boo bo issue that we had earlier <laughs> in the show that was awful and i know Sports his name too on tap podcast at gmail.com yep. is That's where right. you can send all your information i promise you we will give you a shout out we want pictures from fans we'll throw pick we'll throw yeah. fan picks up there you're at the game you're cheering on your team whatever team it is we'll take it uh we we will take any information we want to get people inter interacting with us as much as possible because this is only going to be as good as you know our fans can make it and we'll, we'll do our best to do so but so far we're five weeks into this season i can't believe we're halfway through it and uh we're starting the back half it's gonna be yeah. fun yeah, and, and like Sean said, you know, getting the stats and the proper pronunciation of names is right. is part of the show. And, you know, uh, I know <laughs> it's we, essential to the show. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? We get some coaches sending us stats, and, and some people might not do it, but it's always appreciated. So, sports on tap podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SOT Podcast. Check out our podcast on iTunes and YouTube. Um, you can check everything out there as well. We're on Instagram as well. So, Guys, great show for week five. Our RT Productions Player of the Week poll is up, so go to SO, at SOT Podcast on Twitter to vote for our Player of the Week. Boom! All right, guys, any last thoughts before we close down the show for week five? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite dropping, Monty. Fly ball caught. <laughs> there it is. All right, want to thank everyone for listening and joining us. And uh, thank our sponsors. Go to our website and see all of our sponsors there and uh, also on the show. For Sean Duffy, Ed Dick, Josh Jeffy, I'm Rob Troutman saying so long for Sports on Tap. We'll see you in Illyria Catholic High School. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you. Game on! Thanks for listening to Sports on Tap. Make sure you visit our website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. We'd also like to thank our partners, Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League, home of the Baron Cup. Z's Cream and Bean, make life sweet, eat ice cream at Z's. RRT Productions, we shoot, we edit, you win specializing in sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes and gv artwork and design original and one of a kind